Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. I am your host, Robert Rogers. I have a truly remarkable guest today, John Bowman, who some of you have already heard speak because John is an internationally known speaker who talks to groups across the United States, Canada, and Europe. When I say a remarkable individual, you will soon discover why. John Bowman will be one of the 16 different presenters of workshops at the 2013 Parkinson's Recovery Summit to convene in Santa Fe, New Mexico, February 21st, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. We'll kick off the summit in the evening of the 21st with a reception where you'll have an opportunity to meet many of the individuals who not only will be presenters of workshops, but individuals who are there to provide consultations or treatments of one type or another. We just actually concluded the 2012 summit in Cincinnati, Ohio, which was by all accounts and all reports remarkable for many, many different reasons. We will be posting videos of that event on YouTube and on the Parkinson's Recovery websites in due course. They are still all being edited. If you'd like to see information about the summit where John will be appearing in person, visit www.summit.parkinsonsrecovery.com. And now, John Bowman. My guest today is John Bowman. John, tell us all about yourself. Well, I call myself Parkinson's Proud. I've been Parkinson's Proud since 2002. But I don't identify myself as someone as Parkinson's is the first thing that I describe in myself. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I, um, I'm an inspirational speaker. I'm an author. I, I'm on the faculty of the University of Louisville. Um, I, I, do, I do so much more than just identify myself as someone with Parkinson's. But Parkinson's is a big part of my life. And um, it's become a bigger part of my life since I've written the book because it, it relates some stories from the, from my Parkinson's experience in the book. And also, since I do inspirational talks, I, I go to places that have people who have life-changing events, and I, I provide inspiration to them, hope, um, and, and try to give them an action plan uh, for, for them to live life fullest with, with whatever life-changing event they've encountered. John Bowman was one of the presenters at the 2012 Parkinson's Recovery Summit in Cincinnati, and he will be a presenter at the Santa Fe Summit in February. And so we're excited to have him also be doing a workshop in Santa Fe. We also have a mystery guest on the show today with you. Her name is Bernadette Bowman. I'm wondering, John, is there some reason why both of you have the same last name? Yes. Um, we were married in February of this year. We're extremely happy. It's, uh, she is the light of my life. She's an angel that was brought to me. You know, it's made my made my transition from being a, 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 an attorney for 25 years to some an inspirational speaker. It's made it made it it, it made it whole. It's it fit perfectly. 
Bernadette Bowman, thank you so much for being with us on the show today. Thank you for having me. And tell us all about yourself. Well, my path isn't uh, as straight and narrow as John's may have been. Um, I decided to move to South Florida at when I turned 25, and I graduated from University uh, State School in Pennsylvania. And I was working in human resources for Bank International in Miami for a few years. And then I decided to um, take over a dolphin encounter snorkeling business where we rented boats out in the Florida Keys, and that lasted about six years. So that was quite an interesting uh, interesting path I took, which then took me to the Virgin Islands where um, I lived there for about four and a half years, and I did some uh, property management. And, you know, pra- Paradise is a wonderful place, St. John. It is a beautiful island. And only a few many people that live there. It's really a tight community, which I love. Uh, but I was really looking for something different and, and a change, so to say. And I met John there in St. Thomas, and we really hit it off. And we, we you know, um, spoke on the phone a couple of times, and we really got to we really um, hit it off. And we discussed about you know relocating. I mean, he obviously wasn't going to move to the Virgin Islands, although it would have been a good idea. <laughs> um, he decided to uh, maybe if he settled in Louisville where, you know, he was already established and had a lot of um, great exciting things going on. And I thought, wow, it's finally arrived. There's like a purpose of uh, in my life now that I know I can be a great asset to and I can really help him along. And, and he's really been an inspiration to me. And everything is not just great. And things are just chiming right along and really being able to affect a lot of people in different areas of the country, and it's just been great. What a wonderful story. Mm-hmm. How is it possible that getting Parkinson's disease is for the best? Well, um, I'll tell you the story behind this. My mother, growing up, had always said to me, everything happens for the best. And that always made sense to me, and that was an optimistic way to look at things, and it, it, was, a, it was a way to, to make sure that you kept a positive out, attitude. And one day, she, she used the phrase, but she used it a little differently. She said, everything happens for a reason. And being an attorney, I picked up on the word change, and I said to her, why did you change from best to for a reason? And she said, because you got Parkinson's, and I can't imagine that that's for the best. Well, that struck me. I, um, I thought about it, and I made the, it inspired me. It, it, it put a fire under me. Basically, it said, I need to make Parkinson's for the best. And um, I think about my life prior to Parkinson's versus post-Parkinson's. And I was an attorney, I was the top attorney for a NASDAQ listed company, but I, I was in my office a lot, reviewing contracts, reviewing documents, out of touch with people, door closed, I was working 60 hours a week. I was making an effect on people's lives because we grew from 900 employees to 1,200 employees. Um, so that there were a number more people that could, that could um, support their families through the work that we put together as a corporation, but it wasn't it wasn't enough. And what do I do today? 
I uh, write. I I go to speak. I inspire people. They inspire me. Um, although I would never wish Parkinson's on anyone, you can see where that's for the best. Think about Michael J. Fox. He was an actor, and you know you've heard stories of what actors go through. Some some get involved in drugs and alcohol and. Some uh, aren't faithful with their, to their families, and he was—he potentially could have gone down that road. He got Parkinson's, and he—he's now raised hundreds of millions of dollars for Parkinson's research. Wasn't for the best. Was there a plan there? I don't know. It seems like you can make anything that happens in your life, whatever life-changing event happened, for the best. This is the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. I am your host, Robert Rogers. My guest today is John Bowman. If you're at your computer as you're listening to this particular radio show today, I invite you to consider visiting two websites. The first is the 2013 Parkinson's Recovery Summit website, the summit where John Bowman and Bernadette Bowman will both be presenters. That website address is www.summit.parkinsonsrecovery.com. The second website is John Bowman's website. And so while you're listening to him talk, if you happen to be somebody who can multitask, visit www.the inspiringesquire.com that's T-H-E-I-N-S-P-I-R-I-N-G Esquire E-S-Q-U-I-R-E dot com Bernadette, I have a question for you how does John Bowman live life to the fullest himself? Well, I can say knowing him one-on-one and, and living with him that the way that he does initially live his life to the fullest is to see everything optimistically and he never gets down he has his occasional you know slumps where he's either not feeling physically well and that always is is connected to you know emotional but he truly does not let anyone get get um get in the way of him when he has a um some sort of a task list or he has things he needs to do he really stays on point and it it, um, brings him rewards for um, what he accomplishes, and I think that keeps him optimistic because he sees um, bigger and better things happening to him all the time. On a day-to-day basis, there are a few key elements that I believe that have caused John to not only excel uh, physically but mentally and to really keep his Parkinson's symptoms at bay, if not lessen them. Truly, in, in any disease, I think the most important part is diet and to really keep things clean and to really eat nutritional um, foods that are green-based and vegetables, you know, all of the things that everybody already knows about, you know, stay low on sugars and, and processed carbohydrates, all those things are all good in any um, illness or any, you know, quality of life that you're trying to reach. Or reach. And um, beyond that, it's exercise, and it's an everyday event. It doesn't have to be, you know, three hours in the gym every day, but it can be a half hour on an elliptical or a long walk or a bike ride through the neighborhood. Those are all things that just keep the motor skills going and, and to keep things alive and to get blood flowing. And I believe in, there's a lot of research out there between Parkinson's patients and exercise and how their 
actually in, interested in engaging it into more of um, a therapeutic route than just a um, side idea of keeping things um, more on a healthier basis. So those two things, and then of course taking his medica medications on time is also a really big deal. And um, luckily he has myself and others around him to kind of keep him on track because he gets lost in his work. And sometimes, you know, it's not always fun to take those drugs every day. So he's got a great support system around him that has allowed him to really flourish and to stay optimistic. And he knows that there's people around him that loves him. And I think that's really the key. From that bird's eye perspective on John Bowman, it's obvious why he is an inspiration to so many people. I would say so. I would say so. So, John Bowman, in your book, Decide Success, what daily action steps do you suggest? Well, when it comes to daily action steps, the first thing I would suggest is, is as I go through in my book, the 12 action steps. Um, some of them uh, apply to... to being successful at certain things like school or, or profession. When it comes to Parkinson's or any life-changing event, um, not all of them apply, but I'll tell you the ones that do apply. Um, th the first thing someone needs to do, and I remember going through this experience when I was first diagnosed, uh, I had a plan to be a good, successful student and I stuck to the plan. I had a plan to be a successful attorney, I stuck to the plan. There was no plan, there was no template to be successful at living life to the fullest with Parkinson's. So of the 12 steps, I'll, I'll tell you which ones uh, apply, and then I'll, I'll talk about the daily action steps I take. The big picture, you need to spend some time getting to know yourself again. Your talents, abilities, interests may have changed based upon Parkinson's. I used to be an avid athlete. I can't do that anymore. So. What I focus on is what I can do, not what I can't do. And um, I looked, and and anyone that anyone going through this process needs to look at what abilities and talents they still have, what the what what they can do, what interests they have that they can continue to to do, and not focus on what they can't do. Second thing is what I call an, an end vision, where you're actually projecting and engaging all your senses in where you where you need to be. I. I jokingly say that my end vision is 10 years out, 20 years out, 30 years out to be the slowest progressing Parkinson's person in the annals of medical history. Now that's um, a pretty lofty goal. It's pretty global. But I, I see myself there. I see myself and I'm 10 years, I've had Parkinson's for 10 years and I people look at me like I've, I've I have two heads because they don't even realize after spending hours with me that I even have Parkinson's. So whatever benefit an end vision does, it clearly sets you apart because you've got a destination. You've got a you've got an image out there of what you wanted to portray. Um, the third part of the mapping phase is to identify the specific necessary steps to make it a reality. And we'll, we'll talk about that when we talk about Ain't Dead, um, the, the part of the talk related to that. But you need to put out your absolute best effort. This isn't, this isn't a game. This isn't a, um, something to do halfway. Your job now is to live life to the fullest with Parkinson's. That's your job, and you need to do it on an everyday basis. And you need to give your best effort. 
you absolutely to give your best effort. Um, then, then, and this is, goes through the work phase. You need to be intense. You need to you need to have the will to win. You, you need to go inside yourself and, and say, "I'm not going to give up. I'm going to succeed." Make the decision to succeed, and that's critically important. Um, under the active phase, you've got identify and develop, nurture, extensive contacts and resources. There's all sorts of resources. Uh, Parkinson's recovery is a resource. Your doctor is a resource. Any support group in your area is a resource. There's all sorts of resources. I've learned things every single day. I learned something about REM sleep uh, not two months ago. I was having vivid dreams and I wasn't sleeping well. Um, I was acting out my dreams and I wasn't getting the rest that I needed when I when I went to bed. Uh, I talked to a doctor about REM sleep. He prescribed something to take, and it's been it's been a wonderful experience that I've that my my vivid dreams and my my sleep patterns have changed. That's extensive context and resources. Then I talk about the legacy phase, which is talks about exuding the most positive attitude possible and having faith in yourself and others and higher power and believe that your life has purpose. Those are the specific ones from the Decide Success book that I focus on regarding to Parkinson's and living a life to the fullest of Parkinson's. So what people need to do is you know, look at the big picture in the book and then focus on daily action steps beyond that. Now the daily action steps, I'll give you an example of daily action steps. When I was in 10th grade, I made the decision I wanted to be an attorney. Well, you don't just go from being a 10th grader to being an attorney. You've got to go through action steps. And the action steps, um, you could say, would be graduate from high school, graduate from law school, get a job as an attorney. But those aren't the action steps that I'm focused on because those are pretty global. That's a pretty big, you know, those are one-time events. How do you get there? How do you get there? Well, graduating from high school and actually becoming an, an attorney, I needed basically three things. I needed money because I wasn't, I wasn't able to um, go to school. I didn't have anyone paying for my school. So I needed the money to get through school. I needed the grades, and that meant studying every day, showing up for class every day, and being prepared for exams. And I needed extracurricular activities for my applications and my, um, whether it be high school, whether it be law school or as an attorney. So, what was important for me was to come up with specific, practical things to do on a daily basis, and that meant going to work every day to make money. That meant uh, studying, going to class and doing well on exams, and that meant joining clubs at schools, sports teams, whatever it took to put on your on your, your application. And that worked for me. I had specific daily things to do. So what are the specific daily things that I have to do to live my life to the fullest of Parkinson's? Well, one of them has already been discussed by Bernadette, and that's my diet. Uh, the way I break it down is I need to drink a gallon of water a day. We should never discount the the effect of water in hydration or dehydration in, in, in 
people with Parkinson's or really anybody with any sort of disease or illness. We, we as Americans do not drink enough water. And I'm not talking about liquids or, or soft drinks. I'm uh, absolutely against sugar and artificial drinks. I think that a cold glass of water with a lot of ice, to me, is as refreshing and even more refreshing than any other sort of liquid. And the idea of trying to um, flavor water with artificial sweeteners or sugar uh, only goes to stimulate the appetite in an unhealthy way. I'm no doctor, but that's that's what I've come up with. That's my daily thing. Daily thing number one is drink a gallon of water a day. Daily thing number two is eat right. Greens, almonds, fresh, organic. you got to keep fuel in your body to, in order to be healthy, in order to fight this disease, because we are in a battle. Like I said, it's your job to win. It's your job to live your life to the fullest of Parkinson's. So the way you win that battle is by putting the right fuel in your in your body and your machine. What's interesting about my 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 life with Bernadette since February is I've lost 30 pounds, and I know that a doctor that I listened to the other day said that loss of weight is not a good thing with Parkinson's. Well, I think I've gained muscle because of my exercise routine and because of what I eat. The surprising thing about my new my new nutrition plan is that I eat every three hours, and I'm never hungry. I'm never hungry. I haven't felt hunger in six months. So I, I don't get to the point where I need a, need to go to a fast food restaurant because I'm out and um, I plan ahead. I have enough food with me healthy, nutritious food with me at all times that I can eat every three hours and never feel hungry. And I focus on veggies, fruit. We've heard of this all before. I eat a lot of fish, soy products. I stay away from meat um, and stay away from, as Bernadette mentioned, processed food or fat. I um, haven't had a hamburger in six months, and guess what? I don't miss it. I find that the, the food I eat now is much, much more tasty and much more flavorful. So, so far I've talked about water and a nutrition plan. And then finally, as Bernadette mentioned, exercise. Get to the point where you sweat, where you, on a close to daily basis, you have a variety of stuff to do. You stretch. Again, you drink water to keep yourself hydrated. But I went down to um, the Victory Summit by, put on by Davis Finney in Tulsa, and um, one of the speakers, somebody was talking about exercise, and for the first time I heard somebody, I heard him say, it's not necessarily about exercise, it's about getting out of your comfort zone. If you want to transform yourself, if you want to live your life to the fullest, you need to get beyond your comfort zone, and you need someone to help you with that, whether it be a trainer or a partner or whoever. So I immediately went back came back to Louisville and got a trainer, personal trainer, and worked with him for a few months until Bernadette started working with me. And you know, that, that's that been critically important. Uh, and then rest. I mentioned REM sleep, um, eliminating stress. Uh, I put massage in the same category. I get massages once or twice a week. 
Um, it, it's refreshing to my body. And then when when I talk about exercise I and I talk about beyond your comfort zone, I don't mean do it five hours a day, three hours a day. You can do 45 minutes a day of real exercise, uh, efficient, I call it, efficient exercise, and still um, have everything else you have to do in a day. I know people, and myself included, have made, made excuses for not exercising because we don't have the time. We've got kids, we've got family, we've got careers. But what we've come up with is a real efficient exercise routine that you know you can put a, a mere 45 minutes a day into and get the benefits that you need so water diet exercise and uh, rest are the daily things uh, that I need to do make sure I get to bed early enough to get enough rest um, get my exercise in each day eat every three hours healthy nutritious food and drink drink at least a gallon a day of water you are listening to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. I am your host, Robert Rogers. My guests today are John and Bernadette Bowman, who were joined together in marriage just one year ago and will join together in presenting a workshop at the 2013 Parkinson's and Recovery Summit in Santa Fe, New Mexico, February 21st through 24th. On my show last week... The guest was Dr. Jacqueline Gisburn, who had a fascinating presentation about the work she does with neurofeedback in working with individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's. Dr. Gisburn will also be one of the presenters at the summit. And unlike other conferences or summits, the presenters are there throughout offering individual consultations if that is what you would like to pursue, but also available for consultations and discussions throughout the entire event. There is a third individual who also will be one of the presenters at the 2013 Parkinson's Recovery Summit in Santa Fe. That individual is Holly Hughes. I'm mentioning Holly as one of the 16 amazing individuals who will be delivering workshops because you'll have a chance to connect and talk with Holly this Sunday on our Sunday Connections program. Parkinson's Recovery subsidizes a program, a technology that allows you to call in to a telephone number Sundays at 2 p.m. Pacific time, that's 5 p.m. Eastern time, and have a discussion with everyone else who is called in at that very same time. It's a way of actually getting ongoing support. When you hit up against some roadblocks, it's really advantageous to have a discussion with other people who are on the very same road of recovery that you are. Information about Sunday Connections is at www.sundays.com. Parkinson'sRecovery.com. It costs in order to be able to pay for the technology an amazing $5 USD a month, which is about the equivalent of one latte a week. So if you're looking for resources, if you need to get answers to questions and you need to get them on an ongoing basis, Sunday Connections was created to provide just that type of support. 
So sign in, connect in, talk with Holly this Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Get the support that you need through this ongoing program that we just created about four months ago. There's a rotating panel of hosts, all of whom are volunteers. And now back to John and Bernadette Bowman. It sounds like Bernadette is playing a huge role with helping support all of your action steps. Does she eat the same food you eat? She does. Um, We found out, or she found out, that um, animal protein um, tends to defer or dampen the absorption of my levodopa carbidopa. And so I get less animal protein she she's not she's a vegetarian to, to some degree but doesn't from time to time we'll eat chicken and that sort of thing um we try to stay away from that with me because of the absorption of levodopa carbidopa and how it, it might defer deter it but um her diet is pretty much like mine she's she's an interesting person she's going to run the uh half marathon in San Francisco this next Sunday um, and raise money for Parkinson. She she fuels up differently for a race like that and I'm fueling up for you know my my dealing with my Parkinson's disease. Um, but we have very similar diets. She makes all the food. I just eat what's put in front of me as any good husband should do. Um, but she is she she's she she walks the talk, so to speak. She does what she, she she she's a great inspiration to me. What's interesting about my life prior to Bernadette was I was I don't wanna, I don't want to say the word fraud, but I would go do my inspirational talks and talk about exercise like I was living living the exercise life, and I would do the elliptical machine once every two or three weeks when I could work it in. Um, she's opened up my eyes to to the to the, to, to the need for exercise. And I've had Parkinson's 10 years, taken five years off of the progression. It's actually reversed Parkinson's appearance and symptoms in me at least five years. So um, that's why this whole routine has been so important to me. And she is your exercise coach, is that right? She calls him, calls it, a, she's in my enthusiast. Oh, that's a great training one. enthusiast. And a, and a nutrition enthusiast, um, and whatever she, my feeling is whatever she wants to call herself, as long as she keeps doing what she's doing, I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We'll put Bernadette on. We want to know exactly how you can donate to this uh, cause that she's uh, running in this race for. It's at the San Francisco Marathon, and then you can choose to donate. And I'm on Team Parkinson's, and I think you can look me up by my name through that website. So it's San Francisco Marathon, and then it asks where you can donate, and then you can follow it through until you find me. People are just donated because you're in the race, or do they donate uh, no, how actually, many miles you run, or how does it work exactly? No, it's, it's just by, you know, regular donation, a lump sum, or whatever you'd like to donate. And so far, Team Parkinson's in San Francisco has raised over $44,000 for research. So I'm pretty excited to be a part of the cause, and be a part of the team and I can't wait to meet some of the great people out there and they're going to have a nice dinner and uh, everyone gets to uh, come together and show some of their stories and and explain you know how they've trained and 
and whatnot. So it'll be great. It'll be quite fun, I'm sure. So mm -hmm. you're traveling from Louisville, Kentucky to San Francisco to do this. Yes, we are. Well, we have this Alaskan cruise that was going to take off on the 1st. It's a Parkinson's um, cruise, and it's about two weeks. So we decided to maybe tack on a, a week or so. I have a friend in Seattle, so I thought we could do the San Francisco Marathon and then stop in Seattle and see a friend and then bon voyage. <laughs> we'll head off to Alaska and come back. It's easier to make those trips, you know, more in the uh, area than it is to, like, keep coming back and wish you had gone. And since we're there, we might as well kind of, you know, come around and see what's around. And do it upright. So the title, John, of your book also includes Ain't Dead Yet. You and Bernadette and myself, well, we ain't dead yet. Why is that tacked on to the title of Decide Success, the name of your book? It, it comes from a story from New Orleans that um, doesn't have as much applicability now as it used to. But um, uh, the saying, what, what, what happened was somebody across the street from where I was uh, called out to me and said, you ain't dead yet, just encouraging me to, to continue on with, um, with uh, overcome the obstacles that, that result in life. So what I did was I took ain't dead and I created a, what do they call them, an acronism? Mm -hmm. And the A stands for attitude because uh, attitude is the most important thing. And if you think about Things and things that have happened in history, you've got to have a positive attitude in order to succeed. Um, think about the miracle on ice that comes to mind, where where the these American amateurs in hockey um, played this professional Russian team, and um, they they had the attitude that they could win, even though the whole world felt that they, there was no possible way that they could win. And when they got to the point where they were only one goal down to the Russians in the second or third period, they, they, you could see that the confidence spilled in them and that they, that they could do this, they could do this, they could do this, and they ended up winning the game by one goal, and it was called the miracle on ice. Well, that's, that's all attitude. That's all um, confidence, and you've got to have a positive attitude. Um, think about the placebo effect. Why do they have to have sugar pills given to half the people that are being tested for a new drug, and the reason is because um, everyone that's in the study is going to get a benefit for the first three months. Well, what is that other than attitude? If you believe that you're taking a, a new drug that is going to be beneficial to you, and everyone in the t study believes that, that, that they're in the group that are taking the drug, you get a positive benefit. That's all attitude. That's all mental. So the first thing you need to do is find a way to, to have a positive attitude. Um, and sometimes that's difficult, especially in the later stages of Parkinson's. And I'll have to, I'll have to see how I, I handle that. But um, having a positive attitude is something that's indispensable. Second is intensity. As I mentioned, you know, you're overcoming adversity. Your job is to live life to the fullest with Parkinson's. Uh, whether, whether that means spending time doing a bucket list and ticking off the things in a bucket list to keep your intensity up or, um, or taking on the challenges, whatever it takes, uh, keep your intensity up, N, which is need faith. And what I mean by that is you need to have faith in yourself, in others, in your higher power, 
and that your life has purpose. You know, when I had that discussion with my mother as, as to as to for the best, everything happens for the best. That gave me the faith that 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 I would be able to handle this. My son said to me one time, "What's the worst thing that ever happened to you?" And I said to him, "Well, let me think about it a little bit." He said, "Dad, just tell me what the worst thing that ever happened to you is. Why do you always have to think about stuff?" I said, "I want to give you a thoughtful answer." So the next day I came back to him and I said, I haven't answered your question. He said, what is it? I said, nothing. He said, nothing. Something has to be the worst. And I said, no. My daughter was born with life-threatening condition. She had no diaphragm so that there was no room for the lungs to develop. She was, on, she was given a 40% chance of survival and was on life support. I imagined her funeral. I imagined burying a child, which has got to be the worst thing that ever could happen in the world. I imagined that, and it didn't happen. So keeping that perspective, there is no worst thing that happened. I was Right after that, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I said to him, what's the worst thing that ever happened? It was an interesting question my son asked me. And he said, my divorce. And I said, okay, let me understand this. You're remarried. You're, you have an eight-year-old child that is the light of your life. You're in love with your wife. Was it the worst thing or was it the best thing? And that's the type of perspective you need to keep, that, that there's a reason for everything and that there's, everything does happen for the best. And although at the time the divorce felt like a terrible thing, you're able to get on it. And, in fact, you wouldn't be where you are today if it didn't happen to you. So that's where faith comes into play. And then the, the, to finish up the ain't is team. You've got to have a team, care partners, professionals, family. You, but you've got to keep yourself, you've got to be self-responsible. You've got to be responsible for your own actions and do as much as you possibly can, not take advantage of your team. But you've got to have a team because it is a team effort. So ain't is attitude, intensity, need faith, and team. Then comes the more practical ones that I'm that I mentioned to some degree already, and it's dead is starts with D, which is diet. E is exercise. A is accountable. You've got to be accountable for yourself, for your loved ones, for your doctor, for your trainer. You've got to find someone that you're accountable to because you, you're not in this alone. Um, if 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 it, to get ex, to get to exercise, you need a trainer that's going to be there every day, spend the time with you. If that's the thing that motivates you or gets you to do it, do it. Um, if, if taking medication, you know, if your doctor needs to be involved in that and you need to, you need to, uh, to feel guilty <laughs> um, because you have to tell your doctor you didn't take all your medication. Well, that's a good thing. Use that to your advantage. Take your medication so you don't have to tell, explain to your doctor why you didn't. And that's good ones. You know, if your, your quality of life affects their quality of life. The healthier you are, the more they can live a normal life. So you're accountable to your loved ones, and they're doing a lot for you. Sometimes, you know, they all have full schedules, and they're taking on an additional burden. They're, they're, they, they're, they love you, and that's why they do it. And uh, it's a great demonstration of love, as opposed to just uh, saying I love you at the end of a phone call, to be able to demonstrate your love by uh, showing up and helping out and doing things for, 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 your, for your loved one. But you've got to be accountable as well. You've got to cooperate. You've got to be a part of you. You can't just um, sit back. And then the D of dead is daily actions. Um, 
You've got to, if you want to call them habits, um, if you want to transform yourself, it has to be a habit. I'll give you a perfect example. Bernadette came home when I went for an early run this morning to get prepared for the San Francisco Marathon. She ran 11 miles. She came home and she, she, she hadn't had a good night's sleep because I had some vivid dreams last night still and woke her up. So she took a nap. When she got up, she said, why did you not wake me up? It's 1.30 in the afternoon. I said, you were up. She said, where was I up? She said, I said, you were still a little groggy from sleeping. For someone to forget that they ran 11 miles, that is a habit. That is that is beyond belief to me. But when you create a habit, you, you do things without thinking about it, and uh, you know you need to create healthy habits uh, as opposed to unhealthy habits. Um, so daily actions are, are cr- critically important when you make a commitment to something. You are listening to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. I am your host, Robert Rogers. I posted a link if you are interested in contributing to Bernadette Bowman's race in San Francisco this weekend. You'll need to visit the blog. That's www.blog.parkinsonsrecovery.com. That particular posting is up today, July the 25th. 2012, all you have to do is to click on the link and it'll take you to the payment page. There are thousands of people who listen to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. If each person contributes just $1, we'll be able to raise thousands of dollars for her race. So please don't think this has to be a large contribution. It can be a modest contribution. And what better way of thanking her for the incredible gift that she is giving to the Parkinson's community by going to the website, clicking, and providing some donation, no matter how modest it might be. I've been conducting research on Parkinson's now since 2004, so I have had the opportunity to interview hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of individuals. The one common feature that I find in these interviews is stress has a profound impact on the symptoms. No one that I have interviewed has said anything other than just that. When stress flares up, the symptoms get much, much worse. When stress is well under control, symptoms are really not problematic. I then began to work on the task just several months ago. Okay, how can a person really reduce stress in their life? And I really had to get honest with myself. I really had to recognize that stress is a big part of my own life. So the question I raised is, how can I actually reduce the stress that I experience moment to moment? I decided that it's not a big deal. It needs to be a moment-by-moment challenge. We are able to reduce stress by becoming mindful which means being in the present, not living in the past and not anticipating the future. So I have been inventing mindfulness challenges that I've given myself. I experience these. I see if I'm able to reduce my own stress, and if they work, I then record what I've done, and I write them up in mindfulness challenges. So if you'd like to learn more about this work, which has been really helpful to me personally, and I know many other persons that have begun to listen to these particular challenges, visit the website www.stress, S-T-R-E-S-S, dot 
parkinsonsrecovery.com. So the word Parkinson's without an apostrophe combined together with the word recovery.com. And now back to my two amazing guests, John and Bernadette Bowman. Tell us more, if you can, John, about what you mean when you talk about faith and purpose. Well, faith is an interesting thing, and people describe faith in in terms of uh, whatever their depiction of a higher power is, a god, per se. Um, When I look at faith, I look at how you picture the world and you picture um, what you're going to do in the world, and purpose comes into play as well, because everyone needs to figure out their life's purpose. And Let me give you an example of a, of a story I heard of, of a, a young child on, a, on the beach where there were a bunch of beach starfish, thousands of them, and it was going to be a hot day, and the tide wasn't going to get up there up in time, and they were going to, die, in essence, die. And he was picking up one starfish at a time and throwing it back in the water to save it. And what happened was an old man came by and said to him, Son, what are you doing with those starfish? He said, I'm, I'm saving them. I'm throwing them into the water. And he said, Son, look down at the beach this way. How many starfish do you see? He said, Thousands. He said, Well, look down at the beach this way. How many starfish do you see? He said, Thousands. He said, What difference are you making to these starfish? There's thousands of them going to die. And the the little kid picked up one more starfish and threw it in the water and said, I made a difference to that one. Well, that tells you purpose doesn't have to be uh, some grandiose thing. You can find purpose in, in almost anything you do. I find purpose in inspiring people and in seeing the, the, the fear in their eyes because it's, it's a scary thing. Leave no doubt about it. I've seen what more advanced stages of Parkinson's are, and I know that's going to be me some. And that scares the heck out of me. And I'm angry at times. And I'm um, sad at times. But when you feel like your life has purpose and you're fulfilling that purpose for whatever reason came to that, and that's where faith comes into play. Faith that God doesn't give you something that you can't handle. Or that there is everything. Everything happens for the best. So... I find my purpose when I get when someone reads my book and they write to me um, email me and say that it changed their life that it, it's the plan it's the template they've been waiting for um, all they need to do is have someone to explain to them what they need to do and that's what I've experienced with Bernadette in the last six months she 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 has a life she has a plan for me a plan of nutrition a plan of exercise and and a plan to speak in as many places as possible. So my purpose right now is to inspire as many people as possible, bring hope back to people who who think it's hopeless, um, and give them the necessary tools and daily actions, practical, doable actions to uh, get through this. In a, in, a, in a way that allows them to live their life to the fullest with whatever condition they've got. Um, and, you know, the fullest may change over time because, you know, what's fulfilling today may be uh, too hard to get to tomorrow, 
but I'm going to live my life to the fullest at all times. That's a changing target. Um, so that's where faith and you will be inspiring people at the Parkinson's Recovery Summit in Santa Fe, New Mexico, February 21st through 24th, through a workshop that you will be presenting. Will you be available for people to connect with and provide individual consultations? Absolutely. Bernadette and I will both be available. We're not we're not per se experts. You know, we're we're enthusiasts. We. We're intelligent people who have been studying Parkinson's for for her. It's been you know somewhere less than a year. For me, it's been ten years. But she's been studying exercise and nutrition her whole life. And we 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 welcome the opportunity to to meet with as many people as possible. Um, I'll tell you, my my mother was really worried about my decision to to leave the practice of law because there's some. It was, you know, besides the fact that I had no more medical insurance and I had to find some other way to get medical insurance, I um, I was leaving a, a high-paying job that gave financial security and et cetera, et cetera. And she really questioned and was very worried and scared for me. Um, I was at a, a speech. I did a speech in Cincinnati at the Sunflower Revolution, and she was there with my father and my daughter, and I spoke for 45 minutes and could see the recognition in her eyes that there was a reason that, I, that I, I'm doing what I'm doing, that I have a gift that um, allows to, people to be, inspires hope. And when, after, the, after I did my presentation, I met with, there was maybe a line of 40 people that wanted me one-on-one, and I spent as much time as they, they needed with each individual person just to talk to them and let them know I hear them and give any advice that I can give. And um, she afterward, my mother said to me, now I get it. Now I know why you do what you do. Uh, what is your website, John? My website is theinspiringesquire.com. So it's all three words, theinspiringesquire.com. Came up with it one day. I was thinking about what, what, what website I would have, and I thought of the Frugal Gourmet. And I always like the frugal gourmet. And I said, well, if he's the frugal gourmet, I'm the inspiring esquire. Esquire, for, for those of you that don't know, is a, is a term for attorney, um, being an esquire. So um, I'm the inspiring esquire.com. And that's the website I, I update on almost a daily basis, provide additional uh, inspirational thoughts, um, comments on my book. And um, I'm hope you know, uh, Robert, I love the recovery, Parkinson's recovery. I love the summit because it's 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 not the same old same old. It's not the it's not the medication. Take more medication. Take more medication. There's a place for medication, no doubt about it. I take my medication every day when I'm supposed to. But there's there's other things out there, and what you to light are the other things out there that are so critically important. And I'm really looking forward to Santa Fe. I've never been to Santa Fe with all my travels. And I'm looking forward to being there. And Bernadette is so looking forward to being there. So that's that's what we're planning on doing. And February can't come quick enough. And many people are excited about the fact you're going to be there so that they can attend your workshop and also 
be able to connect with both you and Bernadette personally. I have a final question I want to ask Bernadette, and that question is, given that you have been near and dear to one who has Parkinson's here for the last year, what recommendations, what thoughts would you have for an individual who is married or a family member to somebody who currently experiences the symptoms of Parkinson's? Well, let me let me give an introduction to that. Um, I had Parkinson's for nine years when I met Bernadette. I was not in a relationship. And to me, the idea of somebody taking on the care partner um, role for someone who, you know, statistically is going to go downhill pretty fast, um, being nine years with Parkinson's. Um, was a bold, bold thing for her to, to attempt to do. Uh, she didn't. It didn't happen after we'd been married for 20 years, and you know, we said we said for better or for worse. We said in sickness and in health. Well, this is the this is the sickness part. Um, we we didn't. She she didn't. This just didn't happen to her. She she made a conscious choice to get involved with this. Well, <coughs> I can say. Um, he would be just as important to me as if I had chosen any other person who I chose to be in the rest of my life with. So all of these add-ons with him um, having Parkinson's and, and, and being in relationships are difficult to begin with. So when you add all this other stuff on, it's just a matter of taking day by day and, and um, making sure that everybody is getting what they need, whether it's relief from us from not feeling well or relief emotionally and trying to feel like they feel appreciated. I think all of those things are important when you're in a complex relationship like this where you may not always be number one. But certainly in my taking care of him, it definitely brings back a lot of um, gratitude and a lot of appreciation, of which I don't think I would have gotten if I was just with anyone else who it seemed not to have any sort of illness or anything that might um, inhibit the quality of our life. Bernadette Bowman and John Bowman, I want to thank you both for taking the time to be guests on the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Show today. Well, thank you. You're welcome. If you're at a point where you need to be inspired, and all of us get to that some point at one point or another, I suggest that you purchase John Bowman's book, Decide Success, You Ain't Dead Yet. There's a link on the radio show page, and you can get the book through Amazon as well. The second recommendation that I have for you is to go ahead and come to the 2013 Parkinson's Recovery Summit. The idea of this summit is to provide individuals with many, many options that are helping individuals reverse the symptoms of Parkinson's. We'll have a panel of individuals who have succeeded in reversing their symptoms, some of whom are symptom-free today. Others are doing much, much better, just as John Bowman just reported. So join all of us. We're forming a community of individuals who are figuring it all out. Information about the summit is www.summit.parkinsonsrecovery.com. You can always get further information about the summit by calling our long-distance phone number. That's 877 526 
1-800-242-4646 or emailing me, Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T, at parkinsonsrecovery.com. I would be delighted to connect and answer any and all of your questions. And that's what's happening on this quite magnificent day on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all of the women are smart, all of the men are handsome, and all of the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact that you are listening to this Parkinson's Recovery radio show program today, that you indeed are on the road to recover. May you have a magnificent week, and we look forward to connecting with you one week from today. Good day.